Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I got kind of a nerd question for you. My dad graduated from MIT, and he is an aerospace engineer. So he talks about statistics and how statistics are kind of, you can cultivate a statistic to support your narrative, right? To support something you're seeing. How do you try to combat that or avoid that as best you can? Like, because you can isolate almost any variable, you know, and say, oh, this person does really well in this situation. This person does really well in this situation. But how do you aggregate that to kind of create an accurate picture, A, of the individual and B, of the team? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, obviously you can make statistics say anything you want um, from a bias perspective. And so the goal is to try to remove as much bias from it. So you, uh, the way that I do it is I'm looking at, I start from a top-down approach where I can compare all the teams together and throw them in the same bucket and say, okay, where's Washington out of all of these teams in like the most uh, biggest sample size scenarios, right? And once I do something like that, then I say, okay, it looks like they're struggling in these particular areas. Let's dig in there. And then I go back and watch the film and see if I'm picking up on any of that as well. Uh, the other thing that I try to look at is I try to remove a lot of the really high leverage situations that tend to skew results. And what I mean by that is red zone, third downs. These are situations that are going to really have a high impact on your overall outcome of your game. Teams make only, I want to say like, it might be like 2.3 trips to the red zone every single game. Inside the 10-yard line, it's like 1.2 trips inside the 10-yard line every single game. But if you walk away with seven points there versus a turnover on downs, it's massively going to impact your final scoring output. And I try to look, try to avoid looking too much at red zone statistics. What we know is that the football field's 100 yards long. What happens in the 80 yards of that football field is going to be more predictive for the upcoming season as to how good your offense might be than what happened in those 20 yards down near the end zone. But what is going to have the bigger impact on what you did last year is going to be that red zone scoring. How much were you, how many points were you walking away on average when you got down there? That's going to dictate how many games you won or lost more than what you did over those 80 yards. So I focus more on the 80 yards. I also focus more on early down. I try to pull out third downs because third downs are a reactive down for play callers. Play callers, based on down and distance and situation, they know automatically what's going to happen on third down, what they have to call in order to convert a first down. I want to see what their strategies and their philosophies are 
on first and second down in the first half of games, right? In the first half of games, that's where we'll get the true philosophy. So when I try to focus on what statistics are most important that paint the most accurate picture, you know, you can have a team that did really great on third downs, but the early down stuff was not nearly as good. And thus, you know, you're going to have a better outlook of that football team because the third downs were such a critical part in them being a good football team. Or teams that did really well in the fourth quarters or teams that did really well inside the red zone. I'm trying to pull back and focus on things that I think are bigger drivers to efficiency and to win games. And the simple way that you win games in football, it's, it sounds easy when you break it down to this level, but the reality is, Third down avoidance and scoring in the first half. If you're good at avoiding third downs and you get points on the board in the first half, then other teams on offense, because this is an offensive-driven league, will have to change their second-half philosophy to try to play catch-up and your defense will have a better idea of what they're going to be running in that second half because they're desperate and trying to come from behind. And what was the one thing I said at the top that makes offense bad it's predictability and when those offenses in the second half become predictable against your defense it helps your defense more and then your offense can be completely unpredictable in the second half playing with a lead you can choose to throw the football you can choose to run the football you can do whatever you want because you have that lead and so that's the biggest things that uh highest most important elements of football are first halves and early downs within those first halves specifically on offense, and that's what I focus on a lot more than some of the other statistics that have higher leverage. That's really interesting because, you know, now if you were to go into a meeting room, the first thing they say is we got to be good in the red zone, we got to be great on third down, right? Because those things are have traditionally been indicators of success, but you're saying no, and no, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that because those situations are higher variance year to year and less consistent, or is it more... Or is it more the reactive nature of those environments, like you mentioned? It's more the reactive nature. You well, it's a little bit because 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 you create a game plan. You create a third down game plan based on what you've seen on film, right? So to me, you are dictating uh, to a certain extent to the defense, right? I understand what you're saying by the reactive. I don't disagree with that. But there is a game plan component, a philosophical component in the red zone and on third down. But you take those out of the metric, which I find fascinating because every coach, that's the thing that they beeline to right away in their analysis well and real quick before you react to that i I think the other interesting thing of what you said is if you look backwards those statistics can help suss out who was successful and not but they are not necessarily predictive moving forward and that seems like a very important line yeah that's a very important distinction they aren't predictive when i am helping some coaches game plan for games and coming up with their strategies that they should use for a specific opponent that they're going to face in two weeks. Absolutely. I'm also going to come up with strategies on third down strategies in short yardage strategies inside the red zone for attacking the weaknesses of those defenses. And so those are important situations, important uh, game situations that you have to be good at in order to win those games. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you have to be good in those situations is, is to your first point, which is they are so high leverage and the variance there matters a ton for how your final result's going to be. But when you look back on the season, those high leverage situations aren't quite as predictive moving into the future because, you know, I care 
on in, in a game, you're going to have more first and second downs than you will third downs. And so I want to look at how you're performing on those situations, how good your offense is. Typically speaking, if you're a good early down offense and you're good in 80 yards of the football field, I'm expecting you, as long as there aren't many changes from a personnel perspective or coaching perspective, and the defenses that you're going to be going up against are relatively equal year over year, you are going to be better in the red zone and on third downs if you happen to be poor the year before in those smaller sample size, higher leverage situations, and you're probably going to have a higher ceiling. That's why I'm looking at those teams to try to like bet on or take in the upcoming season if they struggled on third down and, and there was really not a reason specifically why that was. It was just bad variance or they struggled inside of the red zone. Um, so there's no doubt you have to execute, but there are... I I will tell you, Logan, most coaches around the league don't understand the absolute importance of third down avoidance and um, being an efficient offense to bypass these third downs and why you would want to race out to a lead at halftime. They're mostly focused on, you know, you're going up against a tough opponent. Let's make sure that we're in this thing in the fourth quarter. Let's give ourselves a chance to win. Let's not lose this game in the first quarter. They focus on the negatives as opposed to, let's jump out to a quick lead. Let's play super aggressive on early downs in the first quarter here. Let's try to build ourselves a lead. Most coaches that I talk to, you know, some of them I'm able to change their mind and they look at it a little bit different way. But um, you're right. There's a lot of uh, conservative nature amongst some coaches, especially those with quarterbacks that they don't have the utmost confidence in. But that's what's so ironic is that when you have a quarterback that you don't have a lot of confidence in and you're a little concerned and let's say you're playing a really good opponent and you just want to try to take it easy on this guy and just put him in situations that he can win and don't put too much on his plate and all these things, what ends up happening? You end up running the football probably a lot on early downs. You end up facing a lot of third downs, which are known passing situations for this quarterback that you don't love. And now the defense knows exactly what's happening. The reality is for young quarterbacks or less experienced quarterbacks, most of these guys are going to perform better on first down. Most of these guys are going to get pressured less when you drop back to pass on first down. So why aren't you starting the game letting this quarterback have the ball in his hands and pass the football more. And it doesn't, it seems counterintuitive because, oh, we want to protect this guy. We don't want to put him in these situations. But the reality is doing that at the beginning of games are, is an easier place for that quarterback to be in. If you really care about helping him, put him in those situations. Don't let him be losing in the fourth quarter and trying to come back and throw the ball. And the defense knows what's happening. I mean, it makes 100% makes sense. Yeah. You'd rather always be the aggressor than be on the receiving end of aggression. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, with that said, if memory serves correctly, Washington was terrible on third down last year, offensively and defensively. Terrible, frankly. terrible on first and second down, and terrible at scoring points in the first half. All those well, things. So, so. so this leads to the final question we have for you, Warren Sharp, is we have reached the end of our time. Uh, as you look at your predictive statistics, uh, do you have good news for us on the Washington Commanders, or are you about to make everyone sad? 
Well, I would like to make you guys, I would like to make you happier, but the reality is, as you mentioned, uh, you only had the lead at halftime in six games last year, um, so you need to be a little bit more aggressive early on. I am curious to see the run rate. I think Scott Turner does a great job with his high play action rates, his high pre-snap motion rates, um, and, and generally speaking, his higher pass rates, but you have to figure out a way to keep Carson Wentz out of these bad situations uh, on third downs where he tends to have these issues, and you'll do a better job of that if you're able to build those leads. And so I think it's ultra important that you guys do try to come out passing the football early. I like Terry McLaurin being paired with Carson because he's one of the best receivers that he's the best quarterback that McLaurin has ever worked with in the NFL. I like your new draft pick. I think that you guys need to come out a little bit more aggressively throwing the football and trying to get after opponents. But I will say a positive. Your defense will look better this year. Your defense, as you admitted, was terrible on third down. In fact, the worst defense in the league on third downs. On early downs, you know where you ranked? 17th. So I think that that will be more predictive year over year. You are also the number one thing that de- that uh, happens when you play, uh, that you're trying to uh, grade out a defense is what are the offenses that you're playing. You guys played the number one most difficult schedule of offenses in the NFL last year, including the number one most difficult schedule of quarterbacks. You know what I am forecasting for you this year? The fifth easiest schedule of opposing offenses and the fourth easiest schedule of opposing quarterbacks. So I think life is going to get a lot easier for your defense. They will look better this year, but your offense still needs to come a little bit more aggressive. Carson can't make those key mistakes in critical situations, and you have to put him in better situations than you've put your other quarterbacks. Makes sense. Uh, where can people get the book? Sharpfootballanalysis.com, or if you're a guy who loves Twitter like I do, just check out at sharpfootball, and you can see my pinned tweet, and it's right there. Uh, it's on early bird sale right now, and I highly suggest you guys try to give it a read. It's got a lot of work information on the commanders, but also 31 other teams. Uh, it's 564 pages in total, so there's a ton there for you to digest no matter what you're interested in. If I were to try to read that, I would finish it sometime before the 2024 season, but I at the very least will get it and read the Washington section to make me smarter about the team that I talk about every single day. Warren, thanks so much uh, for doing this. We appreciate it and hope to have you back at some point uh, in the not-too-distant future. Hey, thanks for having me, guys.